Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Well, good morning. Um, As everybody's already said, Happy New Year to you and 2021. It's a year that's filled with expectation. It's filled with opportunity because our, um, well, our reality is not based on some resolution. It's based on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ makes everything new. So we trust in him today. So we're looking into 2021 and we are going to hold on to Jesus with everything that we have. We're going to hold on. Their knuckles are white and we're going to press in believing that what seems impossible at this stage in our lives and in our season will become possible. So as I press into 2021, um, what do you say? No, what do you say (laughs) coming out of 2020 and the 2021? What possibly do you say? Well, as I was praying and really seeking God on what to bring here today, I, I, I put these words together. Sheep, feet, and focused eyes. Sheep, feet, and focused eyes. I say, I want to say something that helps us look back, but yet transition forward. Something that reminds us of the reality of where we are in this moment. And then give us a future focus Something that we can hang on today, something that can be a reality and a practicality that can move us into our destiny in Jesus Christ. Something real and something solid. So we're going to start with sheep, or better, shorn sheep. You know, when you read the Song of Solomon, it's one of those books in the Bible that when you read it, you're a little bit like, what is going on? It's very poetic. It's a love poem. It's, it's about the love between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife that ultimately brings us to this place that there's a greater love and that love is found in God. No, around here at UT, we have some positive things to celebrate from 2020. A couple of our staff team, well, they got themselves engaged. Now, how they went about it, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure how romantic it was. No, there are bets on that. No, David Robb, some of you might know David. He makes a lot of this happen along with Tim. And there's some people think he just sent a text, but I don't believe that. I know the man himself got down on one knee. He looked Jasmine straight in the eyes and he just uh, promised her the world. Well, you see, when those guys were proposing, um, I wish I had known it was happening because I could have given them a little phrase that comes out of Song of Solomon. And it's found in Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 2. And I want you to see the moment. That moment when, you know, Tim or Dave, they get down on their one knee and they, they look up and, uh, uh, with all of this expression of love. And here is the line, your teeth are like a flock of sheep shorn coming up from the washing. Now, I was trying to think back whenever I asked Sharon to marry me, how that line would have gone down. No, your, what she would have heard is, your teeth are like a flock of sheep. Oh, that sounds a bit curly, long, and twisted and black. But for me, this is this 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 picture here is actually the, the poet who's looking in and looking at his bride, and the center of his bride is her smile. And in his mind, the 
the purest words that he can find to describe the centerpiece of the beauty of his bride is a flock of sheep shorn coming down the hill with the water still on them from the washing and the sunlight beating on them and this sense of like a waterfall coming down from the hill and the picture is that in the center of creation is this white pure image of these sheep that are shorn and that's the closest thing that I can see about your smile and actually when you look at it that way it's a beautiful thing sheep shorn coming down like a waterfall when you read through scripture we are compared like sheep <laughs> and it's something that just keeps on happening. When we read through scripture, we read how that when Moses died and well, the people of Israel were looking for um, another leader. It said they were a sheep without a shepherd. In Psalm 79 verse 3, it says that David, and this is David saying that we are your people, the sheep of your pasture. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, we're told that all we like sheep have gone astray and turned to his own way. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, I saw sheep having no shepherd. Jesus looks out at his people and says, I see sheep with no shepherd. In Matthew 10, 16, he, he says that I'm going to send you out like sheep. In Matthew 12, verse 11, we're reminded that Jesus is the good shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the lost sheep. In John 10, verse 3, that his sheep hear his voice. In John 10, verse 4, that he goes before his sheep to lead them. That he is the door of the sheep in verse 7. And ultimately, he is the good shepherd. But in Isaiah 53, verse 7, we read these words because Jesus Christ is wanting to identify with us. He's wanting to become like us. And Isaiah 53, verse 7, we read, speaking of Jesus, who would go to the cross, that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears, it was silent, so he did not open up his mouth. You see, the picture that we've just related to at Christmas is where Jesus Christ was born in a manger because he's identifying with the sheep. He was born into a field because he was identifying with the sheep of the pasture. He was first visited by the shepherds because he was coming as a sheep who would be taken and who would be slaughtered and who would be broken on the cross for our sins. But he would also be sheared. He would take off our dirty coats so that we could become this white, pure reflection of God's glory at the center of creation, revealing the beauty of his bride. That we could become all of that. And Isaiah 1.18, through our sins are like scarlet. They can be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they can become as white wool. Now, why does this matter? As I've been praying, coming into 2021, and I'm sure like the rest of you is going, God, what on earth was 2020 all about? You see, God, we believe that you didn't start a pandemic, that you're not that sort of God, that you didn't make things bad, but we believe that you have promised that you will bring good from everything that happens, no matter how bad, no matter how dark, no matter how bitter, no matter how distant you feel at times, you will bring good from it. And as I get on my knees and ask God, God, what are you doing with your church? The strangest thing for a city boy were these words. I'm shearing my sheep. 
I'm shearing my sheep because they're carrying too much wool. You see, sheep die once, but they're meant to be sheared often. And I felt like God said to me, I am releasing the beauty of my bride into my creation once again. I'm taking off their coats and I'm putting on a new wineskin. I'm putting on a new coat that is white, that will be noticed, that will run together and will actually be the centerpiece of my creation, revealing my son, Jesus Christ. I felt like the Spirit of God said, stop hiding the beauty of my bride. You see, we know that Jesus Christ died so that we can live. And we know that verse from Isaiah. No, he was a sheep who was led to a slaughter. We get it. But how often do we think that part of the process of what Jesus Christ was doing for us was actually the shearing of the sheep? That something of our old identity had to be removed in order that a new identity that would reflect Christ could become our reality? Now, when it comes to shearing, not been a farmer, but I've done the research, there's nothing to fear. Because it turns out that shearing a sheep is like, like a haircut for sheep. And, well, not that I have experienced a haircut in recent times, but from what I remember long, long ago when I went to a barber's, that it didn't hurt. I can remember as a child that it hurt once because I wriggled in the seat and the barber cut my ear instead of the hair. We have this dog called Nala. And Nala is, well, she's a cute, beautiful, affectionate dog. But she's also, well, she's not the sharpest sort of knife in the cutlery drawer. She's a little bit, no, yeah. And well, it turns out Nala has been barred or banned from a number of groomers. Because, well, we take Nala to the groomers. And then what happens is that we get a phone call halfway through the groom. And Sharon usually gets the phone call and it'll go like this. Well, I'm paraphrasing. Your dog is crazy. It's trying to eat our groomers. Somebody needs to come and help the groomer. And, well, Sharon would go and help the groomer. And, and well, that would have been the case. But then it got to the stage where they were handing us back a half-groomed dog. Now, have your dog, please don't come back again. And we would phone and try and book her in to get a groom. And it would be oh, another way to give them like doggy human names. So oh, we'd like to book Nala Thompson in for a, you know, for her to get groomed. Oh, Nala, let me just check. And it was almost like they had this list of dogs to avoid. And now, from this day forward, we groom our dog. She is banned. Because, well, for her, it's not a haircut. It's something to resist. And when it comes to shearing sheep, the only sheep that really get distressed and really suffer in the process are those who resist, those who have forgotten that part of the routine, part of the rhythm of their life is to actually get the old coat removed and be revealed in their purest, beautiful white. They're the ones who resist the shearing. But the ones who remember, remember that each year or every so often I go to the shepherd and I fall back in his arms and I allow him to make me ready for a new season of my life. 
Those who embrace grace, those who trust the shepherd, well, they are the ones who get the benefits. See, there's benefits to being sheared. And when you think of a sheep being sheared, I, I, I want to put it this way. No, death by duvet. We, we have this duvet at home and it's like a summer layer and then you click another layer on and it becomes a winter duvet. And, it, and it's fantastic in the winter. It's like, oh, and when you wake up in the morning, it's like, no, I, I don't want to get out of bed. It's so cozy in here. But when it comes to the summer, it's like, oh, you know, get the legs out, get the duvet off. It's like death by duvet. See, the reality is that what can be a blessing in one season can actually be a curse in the next season. And we come to the shepherd and we ask him to shear us and we trust him in the shearing because what we're believing is that he is making us into the people that we need to be so that we can enter into the new season, that we can let go of the old blessings, the old ways, the old relationships, the old things that just keep us way down and we trust him that he will make us new. A few years ago, I was putting my shoe on and, and I um, <laughs> tied up the lace and uh, I went to walk. And as I started to walk, I felt this strange sort of sensation in the sole of my foot. And I just kept walking. I thought it was maybe a stone until that stone started to move. <sighs> and there's something about the feeling... Of, of some little hard-backed creature crawling in your shoe. And so as quick as possible, I got the shoe off and I got the black beetle out of my shoe. And it's amazing what can hide in the dark. You see, it's amazing what can hide in a coat of a sheep. You see, things like decay, things like wounds, that we're happy to bury there, but we're not happy to bring them into the light in order that they can be healed. Parasites that will eventually burrow into us and make us less than what we were meant to be. But people who trust the shepherd to shear the sheep, well, they become white as snow. Everything gets taken away. The last benefit of, the, of the, <laughs> the coat being removed is I want you to picture with me you know, the year eight students that are off to school. It's their first day at school. Now, first form for those older guys in the room. And, and whenever you're driving up the road and you see all of these new students in their uniforms, you can always tell who's in year eight because not only is their school bag too big because they seem to carry every book possible to every subject that they go to. But on top of that, their coat is too big. It's like their parents have thought, well, they're growing that fast. I'll get them a coat that will do them like to year 12. No, I'll just get them this massive big coat. And when you think of that picture, that poor little year eight making his way to school, well, he is limited because of his coat. And something that is very clearly came out of 2020 is this, that God wants his church to be flexible, to be innovative. God wants his church to be able to be moving and adapting and creative. God wants us to keep on these things. You know, this year for most of us has been an incredibly steep learning curve. 
Well, God wants us to keep on learning, keep stretching, keep moving, keep being moldable and moldable, keep allowing God to shape us into the church that reflects his glory. It's not a year for to put on Saul's armor. It's a year to take off. And some of us have had things stripped away from us and the temptation is to put them back on. But God is saying to you today, no, no, don't put them back on. Lay them down. Lay them down. See, as we look back in transition, God is shearing his sheep so that we become that beautiful smile, that beautiful bride, the center of his creation to reveal his glory, his son, Jesus Christ, who is the center of everything. The second thing is feet. In Ephesians 6, we have been going through, we went through a series last year called Fresh Humanity. And in that, we're encouraging and learning that we're meant to live as followers of Jesus Christ in a fresh way, a new way that understands and reflects to those around us that this is how God intended us to live. It's real humanity. And what we learn through Ephesians is that as we try to do that, there will be an enemy. There will be those who will try to come against us. And ultimately, at Ephesians 6, we are told about this armor that we're meant to put on. No, put on the armor of God because you're going to need it. God doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us with no tactics. He doesn't leave us with no protection. He says, these things are going to happen. But I want you to be overcomers. I want you to be winners. I want you to see breakthrough. I, I want you to take the sword of my spirit. I, 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 wa I want you to take up my word. I want you to take up truth. I, I want you to do all of these things, not so that you lose ground, but you move forward. But in Ephesians 6 verse 13, we read these words. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. Now a few years ago, I did a series here at UT called Still Standing. And sometimes... The reality is, and this is the check it moment, this, you know, the, the sheared sheep that was looking back and transitioning forward. This is the reality of your moment. You are still standing. You are still standing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still the power of God onto salvation. That the feet, that the shoes that you have put on your feet have held you through 2020 and they will hold you in the 2021. No, 365 days of 2020, 525,600 minutes, and it feels like you've felt every one of them. But I want to tell you that fear hasn't formed you, that your health hasn't defined you, that your mind hasn't ended your life, that the isolation hasn't left you alone, that restrictions have actually restored some of the things that you had lost, and you are still standing I want to welcome you this morning to the family of faith. The family of the faithful. You know, and I think of these things, I think of those people, I think of Joseph. Joseph, think of Joseph the day he buried his father. And he looks around at his brothers, the same brothers who were responsible for taking him away from his father's love. You no, know, Joseph was the favorite. Joseph was secure. 
And all of a sudden, these jealous brothers removed him. They threw him in a pit. They threw him into slavery. They sold him. He was accused of a crime that he didn't commit. He was innocent. And in that innocence, he was put in prison. And he was named, and he was named alongside the wicked and the criminal. He went through all of these things, but he knew that God would bring good. You see, it would be gory before it would be great. It would get dark before a glimmer of light would shine. It would be his place of isolation that God would raise him up. And on that day where he's burying his father, when he could look back with so much regrets, he looks at his brothers in Genesis 50 verse 20 and he says, you intended it to harm me, but God intended it for Good. I want you to look back at 2020 and say, see some of those things that you thought were going to harm you? Well, it turns out that God has turned them for good because I am still standing. Just like Job, when Job lost everything, he could say before God, God, when you have tried me, I know that there's gold in me. I will come out as gold. See, you are still standing. In Romans 5, verse 4, we read these words. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. See, the thing is that 2020 didn't know that the enemy didn't know, he just doesn't seem to figure this one out. That you and I, when we're pressed, we get strong. When life gets tough and we cling to Jesus, our spiritual muscles, they start to grow. That it turns out that the greater the opposition and the more that we cling to Jesus Christ, the more our hope endures and the greater it gets. You see, today you thought, what was all that about? But it turns out that today you have more hope in Jesus Christ than you ever had. We're coming out of one of the worst years that people have ever known. But our hope is secure and our hope is strong because we are still standing. And the last thing is, well, focused eyes. 2020 has highlighted a whole lot of things on this planet that are broken. But the Christmas story reminds us that solutions can be born into this world, but they can't be created from it. And everywhere around us, politicians, influencers, people are trying to tell us, this is how you solve that problem. This is how you overcome. This is my theory. No, no, this is my theory. This is what I believe. No, no, this is what I believe. And it causes division and it calls us to take a side. But going into 2021, I want to say to you today that the side we take is King Jesus. That the solutions that this world needs cannot be born from it they can only be born into it. 
that more than ever we need to be people of the kingdom of God. We need to be people who choose his kingdom, people who pray every day, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, we need your kingdom solutions because we're people of a different kingdom. And Jesus says to us to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and everything else will be added to us. As we come to round this off, I want us to read a creed together in a moment. But before that, I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And it tells us this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, this is the hope, this is the future. This is not some like crazy scheme. This is not just some wide statement. No, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the scorning of its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fix our eyes on Jesus. The way I understand is this, that in my life, I should always be aware where Jesus is. (laughs) You know, when the pain comes, I shouldn't be scrambling going, now how did I connect with God? (laughs) What was that prayer thing again? No, where's my Bible? I I, I shouldn't, oh, church, where did we used to go? Uh, Oh, remember we used to gather? Remember we used to have friends around us who built us up? No, no, we, we, we should always know where Jesus fits into our lives. And this scripture encourages us not to just take a glance at Jesus, not to just glare at him like he's some strange object, but to fix our eyes. You know, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, and we always know above all other relationships in our lives where that one's at, everything else will be better. Everything else will be filled with hope. Everything else will be more alive. So this morning, I want us to read a creed together. It's called the Apostles' Creed. Now, we don't know for sure if the apostles wrote it, but the truth stands. It's going to appear on the screen, and I want us to shout this out together. No, we make a lot of the fact that a church online, no, people can, well, stay in their jammies. People can have as many coffees as they like. No, people can do whatever. This is a start of a new year. And as I've already said, we don't look to resolutions. We look to Jesus Christ to make us new. We don't trust in January. It's Jesus. And I would like you to stop what you're doing and make this stand of truth with me this morning. To declare the foundation going forward for your life. The foundation of truth. No matter what's going on in your world, no matter what is happening in your head or in your heart, this stands. And so we come and we read these words together. So I want you to stand. Come on, no, you might feel weird. Stand to your feet. No, I'm preaching in an empty room in the, in the camera and like I feel weird. No, stand to your feet. Come on, where you are, come on, if you can do it, stand to your feet and declare these words. You see, it starts with this, I believe in God. 
Come on, let's try it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and of earth. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Can we declare that? Come on. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and he was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified and was dead. He was buried. He descended to the dead. But on the third day, can we declare this? Into 2021. But on the third day, he rose again. And he has now ascended to the right hand of the Father. He will come again and he will judge the living and the dead. You see, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Church, one through church under Christ, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, praise God for that, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. So you want to nail something, stand on something this 2021, let's stand on the truth that Jesus Christ, he is the same Come on, said he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he is the same forever. You're still standing, you're being shorn. Come on, accept the grace, just let him take off that coat this morning. And let's set our eyes with a gaze, always knowing above all things. Jesus Christ stands in our lives. God bless you. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.